Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Joe should be en route. Uh, He's on his way. So when he gets here, we'll put him on. But we want to get started since we know people are waiting. And there's lots to talk about. I'm glad we didn't wait yesterday for Joe Biden's speech because he came on late. And by the time I actually got around to watching, it was over. Not exactly a very long speech. And... (laughs) I, I, wrote, I jotted down a couple of guesses of what he was going to say. And at the top of it, my biggest guess was blame everyone but himself. And that is what Joe Biden did. Just like Barack Obama, he blamed his predecessor for the mess that he supposedly inherited. Even though Donald Trump had a plan to leave um, before the fighting season, a plan to withdraw, Joe Biden abandoned that plan because... In case you didn't know, Orange Man is very bad. That is pretty much the centerpiece of Joe Biden's administration, uh, his his priorities, Orange Man bad. And anything that Orange Man did must be overturned, no matter how beneficial, which is why you saw very early on Joe Biden suspended a Trump plan to lower the cost of prescription insulin. No matter what Donald Trump signed his name to, Joe Biden is committed to rolling back as much of it as possible. And we saw the disastrous consequences of that decision in Afghanistan. And listen, I grew up through the the Afghanistan war. I I told everyone I was in middle school when 9-11 happened, um, dating myself a bit, but I was in middle school. And I've grown my adult life with this war. It's the longest war in American history, almost 20 years. We should have been out a long time ago. We should have left with dignity, and we should have made sure that as we left, the country didn't immediately collapse into complete chaos and Taliban control. So we we covered a little bit of the really heartbreaking videos yesterday. We're not going to play them again because, um, frankly, it's really hard to watch. It really is hard to watch. But we're going to play a couple of other a couple other videos, some clips from Joe Biden's speech. um, React to them a bit. We have some really ridiculous stuff that his administration is saying. So you're going to want to make sure you hit that share button. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on Facebook. If you're watching anywhere else, conservative-daily.com, DLive, Clout Hub, Twitch, make sure that you comment, 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 and share if you can. So let's get into playing some of the Biden clips. We're not going to play the entire speech. If you want to watch the entire speech, you can watch it on your own. These are some of the biggest takeaway clips. And the first one that immediately stuck out to me was him once again taking credit for killing Osama bin Laden, even though he is on record as not wanting to do it. Let's play cut zero. We never gave up the hunt for Osama bin Laden and we got him. That was a decade ago. He quite literally gave up on the hunt while it was being like argued. He didn't want nothing to do with it. It's classic Joe Biden. He will 
try and position himself into whatever he thinks is the most politically advantageous position. And then regardless of what happens, he's going to either take credit for something he didn't do or blame someone else for his own mistake. It's, it's really a it's genius level political maneuvering because he's been in office, what, half a century, it seems like? It's insanity. Yeah, that's what Joe Biden does, though. He, he doesn't actually take credit. He only takes credit for the victories, even if he isn't the one actually advancing them. And when his policies have an utter and complete collapse, he blames someone else. So his speech is designed, and this is a this is actually a quote, I believe it was from CNN. They said that 95% of the American people would hear Joe Biden's speech and agree with it. That is BS. But when taking an eclipse, I can understand that. He said things that were accurate. Problem is, as always is the case, context is important. And it's just as important what he doesn't admit to as opposed to what he says. So let's play this. This is the first clip where he says, we never should have been in their nation building, which is right. Problem is, he doesn't tell everyone that he was there voting for the authorization for military force after 9-11. So, I mean, he voted for this war. Let's play this. Cut number one. From which to attack us again. We did that. We severely degraded al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. We never gave up the hunt for Osama bin Laden, and we got him. That was a decade ago. Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation-building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on America's homeland. I've argued for many years that our mission should be narrowly focused on counterterrorism, not counterinsurgency or nation. So that is BS, because as we'll see in a little bit, his administration has literally engaged in nation building. He's saying this, trying to be Monday morning quarterback after the fall of Kabul. Say, oh no, we 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 won. I never won nation building. I never won nation building at all. So let's put this up, Mr. Brewster. Image number two. This was making the rounds on social media. Um, so here you see a Taliban terrorist pointing a rifle, a Kalashnikov, at a bunch of civilians. And in the top right, you will see this poster. And in the poster, you can see it says gender equality. Gender equality. Men and women are equal. Very interesting. A little juxtaposition. No, I mean, it, it's it's complete hogwash to say that the Biden administration hasn't been engaged in nation building. They absolutely have. As we covered yesterday, and if you give me a second, I'll, I'll grab it from, um, I'll grab it right here. The Biden administration was quite literally advocating gay rights. Advocating gay rights, which is fine. Listen, if there's anywhere you should advocate for gay rights, it would be in the Middle East because... Contrary to what people say here, over there, gay people are actually killed. They're actually killed. If we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, this is what the U.S. Embassy in Kabul was putting out on June 2nd, 2021. If we can pull up my screen, Mr. Producer. The month of June is recognized as LGBTI Pride Month. You can't say that you're against nation building when you're literally advancing social justice on a population that quite frankly wants nothing to do with it. They want nothing to do with it. So yeah, Joe Biden's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's saying that, oh, we never should have been involved in nation building. 
Yet the minute he got the reins, his administration has been trying to liberalize, trying to liberalize Afghanistan. We go ahead and take that down, Mr. Producer. So he blamed a lot of people. He especially blamed Donald Trump. Let's play cut number two. If needed. When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. There would have been no ceasefire after May 1. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. There was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement to withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat. So he did that. He said we either follow through with the agreement or we send more troops in. And he's saying that he supports his, his decision to pull out while simultaneously putting five, 6,000 troops back in. You can't have it both ways, Joe. And he says that, that Trump's agreement did not have any of these post-withdrawal agreements to keep people safe. The crazy thing is, shocker, Joe Biden waited months and he didn't create those agreements either. You can't have it both ways, Joe. You can't say that Donald Trump's plan would have been bad because we had no agreement in place to protect our interests after withdrawal, and then move the timetable back, withdraw, and simultaneously also not put those agreements in place. It, it doesn't work like this. He, see, he's trying to present it as Trump's plan was bad, my plan was better. The truth is, Trump's plan was imperfect, like any agreement you could possibly sign with the Taliban would be. Joe's plan, Joe Biden's plan, was non-existent. Non-existent doesn't didn't exist four days ago the pentagon the state department said that kabul was secure was strong it's gone it's completely gone there, there's full crap they are professional bullshit artists and that is not a curse bullshit is a scientific term absolutely is it's a political science term I promise so he blames trump and he says, don't worry, we saw this coming. But then he admits that it unfolded a lot faster than he would have anticipated. And by unfolding, the complete collapse of the Afghanistan army, military, uh, leadership, and the capital city of Kabul. Let's play cut number three. All U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risk. We plan for every contingency, but I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. 
So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot. <laughs> so you see, you see the complete cluster F? You see that? How we just completely misread all of the tea leaves? How we said the Afghan military is strong while they were in the process of waving white flags? You know all that? That actually reinforces that we were right to abandon Afghanistan without any withdrawal strategy. We were right. Why stay there? Why even have a strategy if they're just going to surrender? See, the best way is to withdraw without a strategy. That's what he's actually saying. This is madness. This is insanity. And the press aren't buying it. They're not buying it at all. Here is a clip of Joe Biden promising, promising, pinky promising, that they've made it clear to the Taliban that any funny business, and we'll be back. Play cut number four. As we carry out this departure, we have made it clear to the Taliban, if they attack our personnel or disrupt our operation, the U.S. presence will be swift and the response will be swift and forceful. We will defend our people with devastating force if necessary. Yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy it. He can't say, I, I support, I, I wholeheartedly support my decision to take everyone out. And then simultaneously said, if you try any funny business, if you attack us, we're going to reinvade. So he just said the, the cluster F reinforced his decision to leave without any withdrawal strategy. And then he simultaneously said, but if they aren't nice and they commit any crimes or acts of violence, we're going to reinvade. Well, if that's true, then he never should have left. Can't have it both ways. He can't say, <coughs> it's time to leave. And I obviously, it's clear it's time to leave. And then simultaneously say, oh, but we'll be back if you do anything bad. Well, no. No, I mean, no, <laughs> no one believes it. No one believes it at all. He's just lying. And this is where he's going to try and pull on the heartstrings. He's, he's going to try and convince you that his plan to withdraw without a plan it's not even a plan to withdraw. He just did it because it was falling. No, no choice. He said, well, what would you have me do? Send more Americans to die? Let's play this. It's cut number five. Afghan forces would fight. But obviously he was wrong. So I'm left again to ask of those who argue that we should stay. How many more generations of America's daughters and sons would you have me send to fight Afghans, Afghanistan's civil war when Afghan troops will not? How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? I'm clear on my answer. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past. Mistake of staying and fighting indefinitely in a conflict that is not in the national interest of the United States, of doubling down on a civil war in a foreign country, of attempting to remake it. So this is how many lives should, I, should we put in jeopardy? 
He says, I know my answer. That's what he said. And the answer is not zero. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This was just a couple days ago. Joe Biden announcing 1,000 more troops to aid Afghanistan departure. That brings the total up to roughly 5,000. I've seen some reports about 6,500. Somewhere between five and 6,000. So he's up there saying, well, how many troops would you want me just to send to their deaths? After he just ordered five to 6,000 of them in. So is like, come, let's be honest. The Taliban has more than five or 6,000. They have our weapons. They have our drones. They have our helicopters. And yeah, listen, in a couple months, those helicopters, those planes that we left behind, they're going to be scrap because you need more than just fuel to keep an air force up. You need mechanics and you need spare parts. You need logistics. The Afghan, <laughs> the Taliban does not have the logistics to keep an air force up in the air. They just don't, but they are taking joyrides right now. They are flying Black Hawk helicopters around the country. They have pilots who can fly them, both from the Afghan military who, uh, who quit and the Taliban. Yes, they have the ability to fly helicopters. They have the ability to fly drones and other aircraft. So right now they have an air force. Technically, they've gotten airborne. In a couple weeks, couple months, yeah, it'll be clogged with sand. You won't be able to, to even start that engine. At that point, they'll probably sell them to arms dealers in exchange for weapons that are a little bit more of their style, like a Kalashnikov or an RPG. But the idea that, oh, why will we fight? He's sending them into a combat zone where the enemy has taken over the capital city. They have technically an air force, but uh, let's be honest, it's not really going to do a whole lot. But they could fly helicopters and attack them from the air technically. But they have tens of thousands of troops. I mean, just yesterday, American soldiers were attacked by Taliban forces, and the soldiers were forced to kill two of them. Where is this devastating response that Joe Biden promised? If you attack our people, we will have a devastating response. There's no devastating response. We don't have air superiority over, over Afghanistan anymore. Yeah, we, we could if we wanted to, but we don't have, we don't have like fighter jets in country. We're not there. They've captured all the drones. They, they, they've taken everything. So this is how Joe Biden ended his press conference. He ended his press conference by saying, I was right to not have a plan. It was Donald Trump's fault. It was the Afghan people's fault. That got me irked the most. The Afghan people's fault. And then he ran away. Mr. Producer, put up cut number six. <laughs> What do you think of the Afghans clinging to the aircraft and falling, Mr. President? Nothing. Just walks away. Just walks away. I want to show you, by comparison, what it looked like after the fall of Saigon. When you had a president willing to actually give a press conference. And he stood up there for 35 minutes. We're not going to play the whole bit. But I want to show you the difference between Joe Biden running away back to back to his vacation and what real presidential leadership looked like taking the punches after the fall of Saigon. Let's play cut number eight. Good evening, uh, Ms. Thomas. 
What are the lessons of Vietnam in terms of the presidency, the Congress, and the American people? Uh, in terms of secret diplomacy and fighting a land war in Asia, also, would you welcome a congressional inquiry into how we got in and how we got out of Vietnam? Ms. Thomas, the war in Vietnam is over. It was sad and tragic in many respects. I think it would be unfortunate for us to rehash allegations as to individuals that might be to blame or administrations that might be at fault. It seems to me that it's over. We ought to look ahead. And I think a congressional inquiry at this time would only be divisive, not helpful. May I ask you then, don't you think that we can learn from the past? Ms. Thomas, I think uh, the lessons of the past in Vietnam have already been learned. Learned uh, by presidents, learned. So that is President Ford after the fall of Saigon, standing and giving, uh, inter taking questions from the media for 35 straight minutes. Joining us now is Joe. Oltman, Joe, welcome to the show. Um, we just played the clips of Joe Biden's speech yesterday. What was your main takeaway watching that teleprompter address? Uh, which part, the leave now part or the what came at, before that? I mean, you did you see mean? that, right, that it said leave now on the, on the prompter, like as he was reading the teleprompter? Yeah, I, I think that that might have been Photoshop because we just played this clip. I've seen that going around. And if we put that clip up again, put up cut six, it's not in the live shot of it. Let's play. It could so have been just it was a minute and a moment yeah. in time, right? But I do believe yeah. it probably did say leave now. I think it's disgraceful. I think that not being accountable to the American people is really what this this uh, administration's about. Look, this is a coup on the American people, and we have to get really serious about what's next. You know, yesterday I made the comment that we have to, you know, to President Trump saying, "Listen, you got to step out and start leading the American people. The American people lack leadership." I, today, I'm going to tell you that we, we don't lack leadership on the Democrat side. We lack leadership across the board. We have let power and money infiltrate everything that has to do with why we do things in our leadership. And that's at every level. That's at the, the national level, the state level. Uh, you saw Gavin Newsom. I don't know if you saw this, but praising Biden in the middle of everything that's happening, what's happening at the border, what's happening with inflation, what's happening with our food supply, what's happening with our supplies for the automotive market. I mean, we can go down the line. There's a war against the American people. And if we don't do something about it as the American people, if we don't stand out right now, there's not going to be much to stand up for. And, and I, I, I'm going to be the first one to warn everyone. Go fill up in, uh, your house on grains. Fill your house up with uh, essentials uh, coming into September 11th. The, the thing about the evil that you see overseas is that they, they like symbolism. You know, if, if those of you that don't know, there was a 9-11 that occurred, I think it was uh, a year later. No, 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 two years later. No, ten, two years later? Ten years later, ten years later. Uh, in uh, uh, Jordan, they had their own 9-11. You remember that, Max? It was yeah. a symbol of that day. So this is going to be a big day for them. They've taken over 
um, Afghanistan that the Taliban has. So you have this evil terrorist over the overseas that took over, um, that took over uh, uh, Afghanistan. They're going to see this year, September 11th specifically, as a way as a chant, death to America, to take shots at us on our soil. You can just see it happening. And while the DHS is is trying to downplay the election fraud and how massive it was against the American people. And I'm telling you, it is the, the evidence is epically, epically proportionate to what we're seeing happen across the country, not just mathematically, but there's massive amounts of deviations in multiple areas. But as they concentrate on saying, hey, look, we got to stop these guys because they're gaining ground and getting the truth out there, even though we're trying to shut them up, it's not working. They're just popping up these new social sites and people are connecting together. Um, they're ignoring the, the massive risk to us on our own soil. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to just call out President Trump, but I'm going to tell you that as people, we need to, we, we, we're going to have to stand in the gap as American people. We're going to have to literally back up the box truck, load all their stuff out, tell them to get out, and do a hit a hard reset um, on the state and national level. It's going to have to happen. So, so we did an episode. I think it was actually me and Mr. Producer Josh. So if you go to my screen, Mr. Producer, um, episode 24, pre-video, when we were just doing audio podcasts, talk about what would a new civil war look like? What kind of prepping should you be doing to prepare for that possibility? Not like talking about build a bunker in your backyard, but things you can stock up on that you can eat anyway. You don't really want to stock up on anything that you're not going to eat normally because you want to eat it before it goes bad. Um, but go back and, and listen to this episode. If you, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, it's episode 24. And, uh, so yeah, make sure you go back and, and listen to episode 24. And if you aren't already subscribed to the audio edition of the podcast, you can do that on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and that website, Podbean, all of which, all those links are in our description. I want to do that more often. I, I want to go back to old episodes and, and have people go because that episode had 307 downloads back in the day. Um, it's just as topical now it was, as it was then. So uh, I, I think we should promote episodes like that when it is uh, it's salient to the conversation. So we, we played that clip of President Ford actually stepping forward and, and giving answering questions. We're not going to play the whole 35 minutes. Though if you want to see what real presidential leadership looks like in the face of a complete collapse, <clears throat> I recommend you go and find that video and watch it online. You can actually set it up to watch it at one and a half or two times speed if you don't want to wait the whole 35 minutes. But again, to put it in perspective, instead of giving a press conference, this is what Joe Biden did yesterday. Play cut number seven. So just to make sure everyone understands the timeline, Joe Biden was at Camp David hiding, flew to the White House, and apparently the basement in the White House is not as comfy as he's used to. So now he's flying back to Camp David where he's going to stay on vacation. And then he's going to go to Delaware for an extra vacation. So while the while Afghanistan collapses, vacation on vacation on vacation. Why do you think he's going back to Camp David, Joe? Because I think the guy is an empty shell of a man and they want to hide him just like they did when up to the election on uh, 3rd November. You know, oh, I, to, to even quantify where we're at as a nation and what we're dealing with, with this radical leftist, I mean, it, it, 
it, it, is, it is unbelievable that they believe that the American people do not have a right to stand up and call out what's happening in our society. I mean, we have a societal collapse that's happening right before our eyes right now. And again, I want to I reiterate what uh, um, Mark Levine said yesterday. Mark Levine, Levine. Said yesterday, Levine said yesterday. And that is, we are months away. We are months away from catastrophic failure. Months, not years, months. We're not going to get to the next election. So we might as well just do what we need to do and just step out in the street. And I am not advocating for a violent uh, overthrow, go grab your guns, go to the street. Although I will tell you, there are certain portions of people that are doing that. I don't know if you saw what happened in LA a couple days ago, but there was uh, protesters that came out and were met by Antifa in Los Angeles. Did you see that, Max? Yeah, someone got stabbed. Someone got stabbed. Yeah, someone got stabbed by, and uh, the police did nothing. Stabbed by an idea. Yeah. I'm going to make sure we're yeah. clarifying. Stabbed an by idea. an idea. It can't possibly be real. That was an idea that lifted that knife and stabbed him. Well, and, and guys, I want, I want you guys to realize something. I, I, want you, I want you to realize something. I'm in hiding. I'm, I'm having to hide on a, on a, <laughs> I'm having to hide and mask everywhere that I go because some activist judge in a defamation lawsuit is, is wants me to uncover an Antifa member. And yet these Antifa members are in the streets stabbing people. They're, they're in the streets trying to kill people. You have the Kyle Rittenhouse, and, and they want me to give up this person's name, who, by the way, didn't know anything about Eric. They want me to give up his name because that would, we'll, we'll just see if he gets killed. We'll see if he gets killed. I, I mean, I'm still trying to get my head around the innate evil that you'd have to be as an activist judge to march in a Antifa protest give to all these causes, bring your kids into that environment. I, I, I'm just, Max, I'm beside myself. I'm, I'm absolutely beside myself. We are, yeah. we are our, our country is fundamentally broken. It's fundamentally broken. And so I, I'm going to tell you that we have, an, we have an obligation at this point because it's fundamentally broken to stand up. So uh, We do. Yeah. So we just watched that video of Joe Biden getting on his helicopter, Marine One, being flown back to yeah. Camp David. I was I was talking with producer Josh earlier, and producer Josh was thinking maybe he has had some secret medical procedure. I mean, this is what I, uh, your head, you, your mind starts to wander, starts to wander when you think about why would the president be at Camp David hiding, fly back to the White House, give a 10-minute speech, then go back to Camp David. Maybe it is a medical procedure. When you see him getting airlifted out there, Realize, yeah, he's the president, so he has that at his disposal. But if you're just an everyday American like us, you don't have Marine One to fly you around if you have a medical emergency, which is why we're proud to be sponsored by Air MedCare Network. Air MedCare Network, the premier plan that will cover you in case anyone in your household ever needs to be flown to a hospital for a medical emergency. It starts at just $85 for one year, covers your entire household. It's less if you're a senior citizen, less if you, if you buy three or five years at a time. And as long as you're flown by an AMC and provider, you won't pay one penny for that flight. And without this coverage, if you're flown in a helicopter to a hospital, it will cost upwards of 60 grand in some cases. No one should have to worry about that. 
Well, Airmail Care Network exists to make sure you won't have to worry about the money. You'll get there as fast as possible, and there will not be a bill. So you're going to want to check out the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And as a bonus, when you sign up using that link and then use promo code daily, D-A-I-L-Y, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. I got to take advantage of all of the helicopter footage for the segues because it's just too natural of a segue not to take advantage of. Um, so what have you? What do you think about what we've been hearing about Kamala Harris, Joe? That she is in active uh, conflict, but... So I'm hearing that the Biden camp is pissed. There's the two camps. There's the Biden, Jen Psaki camp, and then there's Kamala Harris, who tends to have Obama on her side because Obama doesn't actually want Joe Biden calling the shots. And they are getting very angry at each other because Kamala Harris wasn't willing to step up when Joe Biden was having his nap time. She wouldn't go on camera. As we said yesterday, that quote now being circulated, you won't pin this stuff on me, except she didn't say stuff. What do you think about that that conflict now between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? I think that it's, it, it is, uh, you know, a sign of, I think, bigger problems within their entire group where you have Saki going out doing uh, TikTok videos. You have Kamala Harris that says that she's working on Haiti. I don't, I don't see anything coming out of the White House that would show that they're doing anything about what's happening in Haiti other than declaring an emergency and, and uh, you know, pawning it off to other parts of the Pentagon and other disaster relief organizations. Uh, so I think that we, these are people that don't want to do the hard work. They don't want to stay, stay up at night. They don't want to show up when there's a crisis. They, all they want to do is use the people as useful idiots and pawns in their game of how to destroy America as fast as possible. And I think that's actually a board game they must have in the Oval Office with crayons. Um, but, you know, I, I think that we're, we're going to see we're seeing an epic collapse. And what's happening is the veil's being ripped back and we're getting a firsthand look at what is happening with uh, um, what is happening with the, the radical left? Why every city that the radical left, um, these pedophiles, rapists, and closet racists are in, um, that uh, you're seeing you know degradation in those environments. They're just trying to apply it across the entire nation. So with Ford, you had Vietnam. <clears throat> with uh, with George H. W. Bush, you had Panama, Somalia, right. Bill Clinton, Bosnia, Kosovo, George W. Bush, Afghanistan, Iraq, Obama, Libya, Somalia, and Yemen. Donald Trump not only didn't get us involved in new wars, but he didn't have one of these major catastrophes operating uh, on foreign soil. Yes, the, the one of the consulate embassy was attacked in Iraq, and what did what did Donald Trump do? He turned Soleimani, I said, <laughs> into pink mist, completely evaporated him. So Joe Biden <clears throat> did nothing. Kabul fell. He did nothing. What happened yesterday, which should alarm all of us, is the Chinese Navy is now moving into position around Taiwan. If you go to my screen, Mr. Producer, this is a tweet out from Global Times, which is a Chinese state-affiliated media outlet. And this is their editorial. If there are truly 30,000 U.S. troops in Taiwan, it is believed that China will immediately put the anti-secession law into use, destroy and expel U.S. troops in Taiwan by military means and realize unification, reunification by force. So they are seeing Joe Biden's weakness. They are seeing his Saigon, the fall of Kabul, and they are looking to take advantage of it. 
So don't be surprised if China goes into Taiwan. Don't be surprised if Russia goes into the rest of Ukraine. Joe, why would any country treat Joe Biden seriously watching what's happening now? They wouldn't treat him any seriously. And you saw the, I don't know if you saw the Rasmussen poll that came out. 96% said that his response to what happened in Afghanistan is pathetic. And then another poll that came out that said, if you were to vote today, who would you vote for? Uh, and had Biden and Trump. And, uh, you know, there's over 20,000 within an hour of uh, people that voted. 86% of those people said, or 81, excuse me, percent of those people said they'd vote for uh, President Trump. That's 81% of people across the board. Um, you know, that, that, that survey is probably more weighted towards uh, independents than it would be towards uh, Democrats or Republicans. So, you know, we, we, <coughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what their next step is. Like, what, what's the end game? And I, and I see these useful idiots that are out there. Um, related to to Biden specifically, and I'm wondering how they can walk away and say, "Oh, I'm doing a great job." Like, I, my brain is just not working. I, I'm, I'm we're, we're seeing people fall off airplanes. We're seeing the, the Taliban now beat people in the streets. We have they, people they that found, are Americans that are hiding. Dead bodies. They found dead bodies lodged in the landing gear. Oh, there was uh, another. There was uh, another C-130s. picture where of the C-130 where the body was just flapping in the wind on the yeah. landing gear, on the back. I mean it. We, we, we're facing a crisis of, of epic proportion related to moral and, and, and ethical obligation as Americans to, to secure our border, secure our people. But they're telling people in Afghanistan right now, Americans in Afghanistan right now, hunker down and hide. Yeah. That's what these Worst pieces the, yeah. of trash in, in the, in the uh, administration are doing. Hide. Just go hide. Because they don't have any regard for us as Americans. They don't have any regard for you. They don't care about you. Yeah. I mean, let, let's just well, let's just put it up. They, they care about their evil. They're just exposing themselves as evildoers. So you said trash. So yesterday yeah, we told, taught everyone how to say trash in Pashto. Today we're going to tell you how to say pash, trash in Persian. Go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Tafala. Tafalo. I haven't spoken in a while. But that's trash. Right there. So that is Persian for trash. Today's little trash translation of the day. We can take that down. Um, so, Joe, you saw the picture. Uh, put up image four. This is the picture of a full C-17 cargo plane. Full. You seen it, Joe? Yeah. Full of Afghan refugees. And yeah. we're told that 650 people were in that plane way above capacity but listen the crew did the right thing they got everyone out that they could we're told that out of the 650 around 600 were afghans which leaves about 50 of those people being americans we know that upwards of 10,000 americans are stuck in kabul with no way to get to the airport and the biden administration admitted yesterday that they have no plan to help the americans who are in hiding let's play cut number 11 I want to understand how you're going to do that, because there are only so many people at the airport right now. There aren't 20,000 people at yep. the airport right now. There aren't five to no. 10,000 Americans at the airport right now. They're at their homes, either in Kabul or the area. What is the plan to get these people to the airport? 
There's, first of all, from a military perspective, John, our focus is at the airport, right? Security and stability at the airport so we can keep operations going. We're working hand in glove with the State Department uh, in terms of supporting their plans uh, at processing these individuals. Uh, but uh, again, that's something that we're going to be doing on a case-by-case, day-by-day basis. Right now, though, uh, I don't want to set the expectation that uh, that we are equipped and, and, uh, and able uh, to go out into the countryside and physically move people into Kabul. Our focus right now, the troops that we have there are at the airport. The idea is to make sure we can get that uh, the air operations not only have they resumed, but to keep them in place for as long as possible. If they can't get to the airport, what does it matter if you have the capabilities to get them out from the airport? John, I understand that. And we all understand that the security situation in Kabul is not ideal. Uh, right now, not the airport ideal. is open. Uh, not ideal. People are able oh to get through, uh, through the gates there. There's a, there's a processing process that actually has to occur. Uh, but right now, things are moving out of the airport. And again, our focus is on making sure that continues. So you got not thousands ideal. of Americans. Not, not ideal. ideal. That, that's the comment. It's not ideal. They're beating people in the streets and they're telling them on one side, hide. Well, on the other side, they said, if you can get to the airport, but they already know that they've formed a circle around the airport. The Taliban has. So please tell me how people are going to get to the airport. Please. They're not. They're not. They're not. I mean, and and you can see the anchor as he's here, as he's watching this Biden administration Uh, official kind of skirt the question. You can see the anchor like, what? I just asked you about the people who are stuck in the city. You're securing an airport that they can't get to. And, and Yeah. Props to the, the C-17 crew that, that decided to load up way above maximum capacity to, to get as many people out as possible. But the fact that there are thousands, upwards of 10,000 Americans stuck in Kabul outside of the airport and the administration is not even going after them. I mean, what are those five, 6,000 troops for? What are they for? And Joe Biden, we played the clip earlier that Joe Biden complained that Donald Trump's agreement didn't have anything in place to protect Americans after withdrawal. Joe Biden's withdrawal has nothing in place to protect the Americans left in Kabul after the withdrawal. No, it's just, and they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan because they don't care about Americans. Listen, I want to just keep reiterating what we need to be doing. No one is coming for us. We are coming for us. So as we, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to organize. We're actually having a meeting right after this, uh, after this podcast. And we're going to have a discussion as a group on how we can come together and and have a unified front and use all of the people in America that are connected to all of these people and say, listen, we're all going to run forward. We're all going to run forward. We're all going to stop this from happening from the judiciary all the way up to the legislative branch. And we're just going to throw them out. We're just going to throw them out. We're just going to say, you know, we're done. We're done paying taxes. We're done. As company, we're actually talking to business owners and saying, listen, stop paying taxes. Stop it. Just stop. They're, they're not doing anything with our money other than running up a national debt and giving away our money to foreign interests. Just stop paying taxes. Stop going to work. Stop doing the things that, you have to, that they tell you you have to do. And we know when it comes down to a, comes to a crawl, when it comes to a close, and nobody's willing to do anything other than just say, listen, we're done. If all of you guys resign, we'll replace people in our community in those positions, and we will stop this madness. Stop using these voting machines. These voting machines are fraudulent. Your voice never counted. It didn't count last year, the year before, or 10 years ago. It didn't count. They've been trying to cheat and perfect cheating for year, for decades. And now they have a system that they're hiding behind. It's not just Dominion. It's Smartmatic. It's ESNS. It's all of them. We, we, we've got to stop pretending that we have to rely on them to, to give our services. We, we can take care of ourselves. We can. 
and we can band together and get rid of all these special interests, these lobbyist groups, and start concentrating on what's necessary inside of our community. Is that asking fundamental questions? Does that help us? Does that help us? Does, does teaching kids that white people are bad and, and that, oh, there's massive oppression in schools, does it help them? Does it teach them math or science or English? I mean, these kids are graduating from high school, Max, and I'm sorry to go on a tangent, but they're graduating from high school and they can't read. They can't write. Yeah, no, no, no. They can't do math. It's not true. But we're going to put it's in critical true. race theory and tell you you can become a pink dinosaur. That you're, Somewhere along the line, there's 100 different genders. Guys, listen, this is not hard. This is not hard to get rid of. Just call it what it is. It's insanity. And say, listen. Yeah, no, that, there, there's, there's no, I don't support the Taliban whatsoever at all, whatsoever. But if you look at what's happening, I put this up on the screen before you came on. Put up image number two again, Mr. Producer. This is a clip, a, a photo taken from uh, Kabul outside the, one of the UN facilities. And you can see there on the bottom left is a Taliban fighter with an AK-47. And you see what the UN was pushing on the Afghan people, gender equality. Yeah, we support gender equality, but when you're putting up the, the LGBTQ gender equality symbol up on the wall, don't be surprised when there's a lot of pushback. Don't be surprised, right? Yeah. So they have been pushing social justice in Afghanistan for years, yeah. for years. And it, it you can't help but think not giving the Taliban an out because like, listen, I have no, I have no affection for the Taliban whatsoever. Side note, Taliban just means students. That's it's just the plural for the plural word for student. So they consider themselves students of Islam. Um, when you try and push this gender equality, this LGBTQI, whatever the acronym is these days, don't be surprised when the radical extremists who follow the Quran to the letter. Yeah. Say no, we're we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. I saw another I saw another video. I didn't pull it, but the Taliban spokesperson. The Taliban spokesperson is answering more questions from American media. I think he was on MSNBC yesterday. So he's answering more questions from American media than Joe Biden is. Yeah. Uh, but the Taliban promised that they were gonna give they were gonna protect women's rights as long as it falls within Sharia law. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that. I wouldn't bank on it, but you have to ask, what is Joe Biden doing at the airport? Because this is what the airport looks like today. He has 5,000 troops there to protect the airport. This is right outside the airport. Let's play cut number 12, Mr. Producer. Cut 12. Cut 12. Shooting people right there. That last shot was at someone trying to climb the wall. So just to put it in perspective, the troops aren't even protecting the airport. Have you seen a single sol American soldier yet? And realize, how are the Americans supposed to get through this? Let's go ahead and cut it. You have, you have Press Secretary, um, the 
Pentagon press secretary, we just played the clip, John Kirby, he said there's no plan to go out and get the Americans. He's basically just saying, best of luck getting to the airport. All the soldiers are in the airport, but what you just saw is right outside the walls of the airport. So the Americans trapped. If you're going, maybe they'll find a way to get there. Maybe they'll find a way to get there. No, find a way to get here and we'll getting, get you out. You can't. Like, how do you just get through the Taliban with RPGs and AK-47s? No. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond depressing. We also learned that the Biden administration has no plan to stop the Taliban from getting their hands on American weapons that were left behind. Let's jump ahead. Let's play cut 14. General Taylor. Okay. Uh, General, has the U.S. military conducted any airstrikes today or in the last 24 hours or so? And also, there have been some reports of Afghan pilots um, flying their aircraft into other countries. Um, is that happening? And is the U.S. taking any other sort of steps to prevent aircraft or other military equipment from falling into the hands of the Taliban? Yeah. First on the uh, first question on the strikes. Um, no, no strikes have been conducted in the last uh, 24 hours, but uh, the commander on the ground continues uh, to maintain that capability if required uh, to do so. Uh, the commander has the assets uh, that are available uh, there at HKI and in support uh, from other areas of, of the region. Um, I, I don't have information on the, uh, the your second part of the question, uh, but uh, we'll get back to them. Uh, so there's no no information. No U.S. actions being taken to prevent equipment from falling into the hands of the Taliban by destroying it or anything else. I don't have the, that answer to that question. You don't have the so, answer to that question. The most powerful, most sophisticated air force in the history of the planet, the ability to launch a plane from Kansas and have it bomb Afghanistan, right? There is no plan to destroy the stockpiles that we left behind, the caches that we left behind. No plan to explode the MRAP vehicles, the armored vehicles that, um, that the Taliban is stealing. Yeah, they're armored, but they're mostly designed to stop mines from destroying them from underneath. You hit them with a bomb from above, it's not going to be very pretty. Hey, let me ask no you a plan. question. Let me ask you a no question. No plan. Can I ask you a question? Sure. How many... Uh of the leaders that are that are sending our soldiers over to do work for them or how many of them are not well protected what do you mean how they're many all of well the, protected. they're all well protected are yeah. americans well protected no the the irony is that while yeah. they're letting the taliban run around with m16s and worse like m16s are the safest things they don't want us to own an ar-15 they say you shouldn't you should own a semi-automatic gun while they're flying Black Hawk helicopters. And the administration says we have no plan for that. But the yeah. ATF is releasing new regulations tomorrow, uh, in, in two or three days to turn gun parts into firearms. So if you, if you buy gun parts, you'd have to go through background checks. Not even a functional firearm. Yeah, no, so uh, they, are, they are not, uh, they are protected, we are not protected. And it is very fresh to see them abandon all of that uh, material in country um and have they have no plan they have no plan no plan joe biden said well we ha we couldn't do the trump plan because it was a bad plan so we went ahead and we did no plan and i i was so smart he says i was so smart to pull our troops out it was necessary i would do it again in a heartbeat and i was also right to immediately send troops back in <laughs> i mean that that's the logic from biden 
you know, the last couple of days have been, you know, I, I feel like I'm living in a bizarre world. It gets more and more bizarre as we go down the, down the line. But we talk about the things that are happening all over. By the way, Taliban fighters in Cabal are starting to collect weapons from civilians uh, because yeah. they no longer need them for personal safety. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that's what they say. They don't want an uprising. They don't want a popular uprising. And, and the popular uprising, and I think that the same thing that they did in the U.S. where they have used this uh, color revolution and, and false flags of insurrection and and, uh, you know, even the QAnon, you know, what's really weird is that I've been doing a little research on QAnon. I'm not a Q person, and, but I'm going to tell you, those guys are right more than they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, you go back and look at 2019, 2018, 2017, 2020. It's crazy what they said was going to happen, and it's happening. So, I mean, it, uh, the more I read, the more I go, hmm, there's a lot of stuff that maybe we should be listening to. But we, we, we've got to get to that place, Max, where we, we start then now planning, doing. And, you know, there's a couple of comments in here that people are like, hey, we're meeting together. There's going to be 40 people in our town. Uh, we've got 60 people in our town. Um, and we're getting together to have a meeting. We're obviously having a meeting to try and get as many of the leadership together as possible so they can stand up. But just count on something happening over the next couple of weeks where uh, the American people make their voice heard. We actually go to the streets. We, we as people go to the streets and we just stop. And I think the universal thing that we're going to push across the board is just stop getting people to do what they want us to do. Don't show up to work. Don't show up. But that's not, that's not a real answer, though. It is right? a real answer. People need to feed their families. Max. If I don't show up tomorrow, am I good? If, if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, off, if you're off the show because you're actually doing something to preserve our country, you're making that sacrifice, yeah, you're good. Bring it to right. a standstill. Why, why is it, why is it, let me ask you a question. Why is it that we're, we can talk about these things, we can talk about what's necessary, but we're not willing to, to tell people that you're going to have to go the final step. And the final step is, look, we, it's, we're not asking, I'm not saying be violent. I'm saying bring the entire economy, bring the entire country to its knees. Let's bring it to its knees. And I'm talking about telling the, the people in the military too. They're afraid to stand up to these radical leftists that have infiltrated every part of our society because they're afraid to lose their job. Well, man, just good. Let's all just lose our jobs. Let's all just walk away from it. And we're not going back until you stop the madness, until you all resign and see who they're going to rule. How do you rule people that are, un, that are unwilling to be pushed to slaughter? Because that's what's happening. Our brothers and sisters are over in Afghanistan and the American uh, government, our government, our people here are abandoning them. And not only are they abandoning them, but they're leaving stockpiles of weapons so that those people can be killed. I mean, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what we're dealing with. The massive amount of evil that we have inside of our own government that does not care about us. You tell me what else we should be doing, Max. You think we should just write letters to Congress? Maybe we should do that. We do it. We send, we send yeah, stuff we to don't. them telling what we think. That's great. But the other side is we got to be able to say, hey, listen, I'll meet you in the street. Let's go. Let's shut down the highways and the byways. Let's, let's, stop doing, let's stop doing the same thing over and over again and expecting them to actually stand up and do something for us. They, they want to divide us. We're not divided. We meet in the street. We meet in the street. Let's, yeah. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm over the, oh, well, let's just be patient. There is no patience. There's no patience left. What am, I, what am I patient for? Patient for what? So I can watch people just die? 
I'm done. I'm done being patient. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to, guys. I truly believe that this is meant to happen, but we're meant to stand up. All this was meant to happen, but we're meant to stand up. So we, we have breaking news out of the Pentagon. I want to make oh sure we get it before we break for the hour. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. The Pentagon. Oh, that, that's just that's we're not doing that. That was just the that was the press conference where they said that they were going to uh, they were going to make sure that the women had rights as long as it was under Sharia. Go to my screen. From the Pentagon, Pentagon warns of worsening terrorist threat after Taliban takes over Afghanistan. Josh, mark the time. This is probably the biggest no Sherlock moment we've ever seen out of this Biden administration. It, it, it's incredible. Like, oh, oh, yeah, we just well, abandoned them. Well, let's 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 More talk terrorism. about let's talk about what's going to happen in September, right? We're going to have we're, we're going to have a unification, and it's going to be caused because the people are going to come together because we're going to get attacked on our soil. You know what's going to happen. And we, all, we also know that the FBI and all of them are going to let it happen because they want to take the attention away from the thing that is most important, and that is restoring the voice of the American people. They want, they want to get back and say, oh, we can't deal with that right now. We're not going to talk about election integrity. We can't do these audits because they know the deeper we go into these audits, the deeper we go into th this and keep concentrated on this, the more we're going to find about how they have deceived and cheated us as American people how they've stolen yeah. from us, how they've treated us like slaves, how they've imprisoned people, un unlawfully imprisoned political prisoners that showed up on the steps and said, I want to redress my grievances. It's in the Constitution that they have a right to do that. Peacefully walked in, peacefully did, you know, wanted to voice their disapproval with the fact that the election was stolen. Peacefully did that, and they're sitting in jail being abused. I mean, yeah. We're, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, um, our guest canceled while we were on the air for the second hour. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and then we'll do a pivot into the election integrity stuff into the second hour. So yeah. don't go anywhere, everyone. We'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 